E4E is brought to you by the University of Delaware Partnership for Public Education. In an effort to increase the availability and accessibility of UD expertise to Delaware's P12 educators, leaders, and policy influencers, we have invited faculty members from the University of Delaware's nine colleges to share their research. We hope you enjoyed today's critical conversation and consider ways you might be able to leverage relevant research and UD expertise to advance policy and transform practice. Hello, my name is Dr. Anastasia Pernton, and I'm an Associate Policy Scientist for the Partnership for Public Education. On today's episode, we have Dr. Anna Marie Whitaker, an Assistant Professor of Early Care and Education Policy at the University of Delaware in the Department of Human Development and Family Sciences. Her work examines how early care and education systems support program quality improvement efforts and how early care and education program components promote children's development. Her research has been published in Child Development, Developmental Psychology, and Monographs for the Society for Research in Child Development, and AERA Open. Today, we have invited her to speak about the child care crisis. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Whitaker. Thank you so much for having me. So NPR recently released results of a new poll that found one in three families with young children are struggling to find child care. Why is it hard to find child care and who is being impacted? a great question. So right now it's really hard to find childcare, mostly because of the staff shortages that exist. So currently right now, there are a lot of childcare providers that are unable to hire enough staff to continue to serve at the capacity at which they can serve children. So we know that the pandemic really exasperated those shortages and the pandemic actually caused several centers, several settings, providers to shut down their services, not only because of government orders, but also because of declining enrollment during the early months of the pandemic. So when they started to open back up, providers, teachers, caregivers had left the profession or were not able to necessarily be hired back at the exact location. So we're seeing a lot of centers and a lot of childcare providers having a lot of difficulty hiring back staff, which is causing parents to have a lot of trouble to find childcare right now. We know that many, many families are being impacted. And I do want to just mention that it was difficult to find care prior to the pandemic, but the pandemic has made it obviously even more difficult to find care. And finding care specifically for infants and toddlers is especially difficult. I'm interested in a little bit more about the parent's perspective as far as child care goes. How expensive is child care? And if parents cannot afford it, what are their options? According to the Center for American Progress, center-based care for infants costs on average $1,300 a month and preschool age care, so children around three to five years of age, the costs are closer to $900 on average a month. Now, again, it's really important to note that these are averages and the true cost of high quality care is actually much higher. So that is what parents pay kind of an out-of-pocket expense if they are paying for it through private tuition. For lower income parents, there are other options such as childcare subsidies that are administered through the state agencies or programs like Head Start. 
Some states also have preschool that is targeted for low-income families. There are just a few states that have pre-kindergarten services for all families, but it isn't unusual for many families and parents to have to work to find care from several different sources to kind of cover their entire workday or to cover their entire time that they might need care for. I know parents certainly think a lot about this, but from the perspective of child care centers, why is daycare so expensive and why do centers tend to have staffing shortages? So childcare, it's very expensive because it costs a lot to hire, to retain, to train staff, to purchase space to actually have a center or a setting to provide care to children. Providers also have to purchase materials and food and supplies. But by far the largest cost that is borne by providers or childcare providers is staff salaries. So this is really kind of the largest cost. And yet we know that childcare staff and teachers are vastly underpaid. One thing that contributes to the cost of care is the ratios that are regulated by childcare licensing. And those ratios define how many children can be in a certain environment. So in Delaware, there can be four infants to one teacher and a max of eight infants in a childcare setting or a childcare classroom. For preschool age, depending on the age of the child, it's usually about one teacher to 10 children or one teacher to 12 children. But we also know in family-based care settings, they can serve a maximum of six children, kind of depending on the caregiver training and experience. So it is expensive to hire and train staff, and you also need a lot of staff to provide adequate, high-quality care to children from infancy to their preschool years. So just to add a little more context and background knowledge for our listeners, how much do child care workers get paid? So in 2020, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, childcare workers made on average a little over $12 an hour. But we know variation exists across the different types of care settings or age groups watched. So in many states, pre-kindergarten teachers make substantially more than teachers or caregivers in child care settings. And it is also important to note that inequity exists within the sector in terms of who is earning more money. So the center for the study of, of child care employment found that Black early educators were paid on average almost a dollar less than their white peers. And this was published in the Early Childhood Educator Workforce Index. So again, to kind of put this in perspective, to think about early elementary school teachers, on average, child care providers are making about a third of what elementary school teachers are making, which obviously creates inequality and it makes it difficult to retain a workforce when higher pay can exist, obviously, in different jobs. So you've just discussed a lot of different challenges related to early childhood care. And I'm wondering, were these challenges pre-existing or are they entirely due to the COVID-19 pandemic? I know things have changed drastically, but I'm just wondering if these issues have been building over time and the pandemic just sort of like created a boiling point. Yeah, it's a good question. So these issues, at least in my opinion, have really been building over time. So as I just discussed, we've seen kind of low pay for teachers. There's also been this changing landscape with pre-K rolling out in states without really adequate support to other child care providers, which again creates this inequality or inequity within the workforce. 
And we also see a large gap in what's called a livable wage. So again, the Center for the Study on Child Care Employment estimates that in Delaware, there's a $2 gap between the child care median wage and the living wage for a single adult. So really, this means that child care providers in Delaware would need to make on average $2 more per hour to earn a livable wage. And this can really push, obviously, the child care industry further to the brink without additional support. So the pandemic, again, like I mentioned, really exacerbated the issues that we're seeing and did cause programs to close. But we've seen concerns around workforce pay and the livable wages for much longer than the pandemic has been here. We always love and really appreciate a connection to Delaware and Delawareans on the E4E podcast. And so, as you know, President Biden has just integrated a $400 billion investment for universal pre-K, capping annual child care expenses and living wages for early childhood educators in his Build Back Better plan. If this plan were to pass, what does that mean for Delaware parents and early childhood teachers? It's a really exciting time. And I mean, as we're talking right now, the final language for the act is still being decided. There is the Congressional Budget Office is coming out with an estimate of the cost of the plan. So it is a very fluid situation and we don't know the exact details. But what we do know right now is that the act would provide universal, meaning free preschool for all three and four-year-olds in the state and also in the country. And this would roll out over a, a series of a few years, but it would mean that there would be free preschool for three and four-year-olds. Additionally, the plan proposes to provide subsidized childcare for children birth to age five for families making up to 250% of the state median income. The state median income in Delaware is a little less than 78,000 for a two-person family. So it would mean that a substantial number of families within the state would be receiving some sort of subsidized childcare. And there's a sliding scale co-payment fee that's really based on family income, and it ranges from families paying 0% of their income to up to 7% of their income, as long as they're making less than 250% of that state median income. So again, this would be a substantial increase in support to families for providing care from the birth to five age range, but also in this universal preschool for three and four-year-olds. Also, the plan or the act really provides access to high-quality affordable care. And lastly, what is really important in the plan is that the act proposes to change how the current childcare subsidy reimbursement rate is calculated. So currently there's a market survey for each state and that market survey dictates kind of how much money a childcare provider can receive if they are accepting subsidies. And in the act, the Build Back Better Act, the plan would require states to consider livable wages for child care providers, which is thought of as equal pay of elementary schools. And it would also be an increase in reimbursement rate for kind of the quality of care provided. So this is a huge change to how we think about or how the Reimbursement Act is currently done and would be a major benefit to the child care workforce and also for the pre-kindergarten workforce, as there are provisions in the act that would also require pay parity with elementary school teachers. And I would just recommend for people that are really interested in learning specifically about the plan, the Hunt Institute has done a really wonderful job of breaking down the plan, and they're continuing to update it as language is changing. It's fascinating. So 
I think most people at this point would agree that the lack of accessible and affordable childcare is a serious issue. So why are people skeptical about President Biden's proposal? And what would you say to people questioning the need to fund early childhood care and education centers? Yeah, so I think a lot of the skepticism is around the cost of the plan and the number of families that would be served and also that it would be rolled out to states to implement these plans kind of at the state level. But I really believe that this proposed plan or the proposed Build Back Better Act represents just a huge investment in early childhood care and education. And it's a much needed investment, as we've talked about with the workforce supports that are needed. And as we started this conversation, the child Childcare industry really is in crisis. And we see this from the family perspective with one in three families, according to that NPR survey, are struggling to find care. So stabilizing the care system and enhancing the system is not only helpful and needed for children, but it's also needed for childcare providers. And it also will help the larger economy as we think about the economic recovery from the pandemic as more families are able to maintain and have stable employment because they have care for their children. Dr. Whitaker, it's been wonderful having this conversation with you today. I'd just like to ask if there's anything else you'd like to add before we finish up. I just really want to thank you for having me on today. And I look forward to continuing to track this Build Back Better plan throughout its time in Congress and to see what it looks like once implemented. Okay. Thank you very much, Dr. Whitaker. We really appreciate having you. Thank you. For more information about Dr. Anna Marie Whitaker's work or the resources mentioned in this episode, please visit our website, udell.edu backslash PPE and navigate to E4E podcast or follow the link in this episode's description. Thank you for listening to this episode of E4E brought to you by the University of Delaware Partnership for Public Education. For more information about the work being done by the Partnership for Public Education, please visit our website at www.udell.edu backslash PPE.